Hi, this is Noel T. Manning II. Thank you so much for joining us right here on WGWG and also C19 TV. Uh, this this show, uh, Meet Me the Movies, Cinema Scene, and Televenture, it's kind of a combo show from time to time where we get a chance to talk to to film and uh, TV talent, and we are just really, really fortunate today uh, to have Michael Kelly. Michael is our guest today. Uh, Michael, uh, you've been working for over two decades at least uh, in film and TV, and you've got uh, the, the the credits to your name uh, from film standpoint. You've got just a, a ton of films, A Man of Steel, Now You See Me, Chronicle, uh, and, and many, many more, and then the TV listings Wow, uh, it's just a, a plethora of some of my favorite uh, TV shows uh, over the years, and I've got to say, I, I was a big fan of Fringe. And if I remember correctly, you were on Fringe. Is that right? Yeah, I was. I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny enough, I played one of those. Um, I forget what those characters are called. Who came from the other? I don't know. Was it planet or dimension or whatever it was? <laughs> with the guys with the shaved heads. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember they. They said, um, are you okay with shaving your head? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I thought they meant, you know, buzzing it. Right, right. And then I got got the set, and they were like, oh, no, you've got to, like, razor it. <laughs> like like you're shaving your face. And I said, okay. And they said, <laughs> and they said, your eyebrows, too, if you're okay with that. And I was like, I'm drawing the line, guys. No, I'm not okay. <laughs> I don't know if... You, you've seen me before, you know, I've got those, my wife calls them caterpillars on, yeah. my, on my forehead, and, uh, and I was like, you're not, you're not taking them, and uh, they, they were like, oh, well, well hang on, we got to go talk to the producers, I was like, you do whatever you want, but I'm, I'm walking if you're telling me I'm shaving my eyebrows, <laughs> so, 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 so yeah, that was, a, that was a good time. And you've done uh, things like Law and Order, you've done things on a person of interest, um, and just many, many more. But uh, and in recent years, of course, anybody who uh, is familiar with, with uh, President Frank Underwood uh, will be very familiar with your role uh, as Douglas Stamper on House of Cards, uh, an incredible show, and you've received Emmy nominations for that. Uh, we appreciate you being with us today, Michael. Thank you, man. I thank you for having me. Well, let, let's t- let's go back uh, and and give some uh, give our listeners um, a taste of. At what point did you decide you wanted to go into acting? And and uh, a little birdie, birdie told me it was a, a Carolina connection. See, I'm a Carolina boy, so I, I heard it. I, I knew something. you were. I was going to ask where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> so is that true? Was it uh, in the Carolinas that you kind of decided, yeah, I kind of like this acting thing? Yeah, it was at Coastal Carolina College, uh, which is where I went. To, I, I went there, funny enough, on a running scholarship. Um, I was a cross-country runner. And I was in about my, I think I was in my third year studying political science. I wanted to be an attorney. And um, and the, the professor said, you need an elective, and uh, you can't take all these core classes. So I said, okay, any suggestions? And he said, yeah, well, how about this theater class? You know, you'd want to need, you'd need that for getting up in front of people. So I did that, and uh, shortly after, we, we had to do a, a scene. I did my scene, and professor asked to see me after class she said how long have you been acting and i was like i don't i've never done this yeah and that's where it started wow you know that was that that was it uh and i that, i just fell in love with it i i had so much fun and she was uh, the two professors chuck wetzel and sandy shackford were so encouraging and i think so happy to have someone who was so into it you know yeah uh, i was the first first person to graduate with a performing arts degree from from coastal wow. and uh, wow 
Wow. Yeah, and and um, and and so I think for them they were like, well, here you know, here's somebody who really cares, who really wants to be a part of this, and um, yeah, well, that, was, well, that was that. Yeah, what was it about it that that just felt comfortable to you? I mean, it, it seems like it was something that was just really kind of natural because it wasn't something you pursued, but they saw something in you, and I think that's a beautiful thing about students that go to college, especially liberal arts colleges and universities, you get a chance to explore so many different levels of the academy that you never know what you're going to find that you're good at and that others can recognize as well. Yeah, it's it's super interesting because, you know, I I, I took, I started off in business. I thought, oh, well, I guess you just get a business degree and go get a job. And I was terrible at that, and then I, and then I got into psychology, and I found that very interesting. But from that, uh, I started taking a couple of philosophy courses, and I really found that compelling um, uh, study there. And from that, uh, somehow I fell into political science, and at which point I found that very interesting, yeah. and, I, and I finally did well at something. But when I took that theater class, I was like, I had never thought about it before. Right. I had nothing that ever crossed my mind about being an actor, but I just felt at home in the theater, funny enough, because I had never done anything. My family had never done anything. My my grandmother, I think, did some radio acting right, uh, right. back in the day before her family. Um, but it wasn't even, it was the furthest thing from my mind, but it was something about being there and doing it and uh, being up in front of people and yeah. doing something and sharing part of yourself that right. I found just so exhilarating. And I was like, Wow, and you know, I, then I started making the dean's list and yeah. started succeeding. You know, it was, it was funny because yeah. I was never a good student. Right. I just wasn't. Uh, you know, political science for me was a grind of memorization um, in hopes of becoming an attorney. But it was just memorize, memorize, memorize um, because uh, it, I didn't retain it the same way I retained right. the information about the theater and theater history and whatnot. Well, it's interesting because you know, in, in theater, there's a lot of memorization too, but it's memorization with an immediate output. And, and and the funny thing is, is that now in my career, I'm at a point where um, it's very hard. That's the hardest thing about acting for me is memorizing the damn Really? Lines. Really? <laughs> yeah, wow. really. <laughs> and, it, and it always has been. And I think, I think it's because for me, I don't ever want to be the guy who's holding up production. Right, you know? right, yeah. Uh, I need another take because I'm messing up the lines. I'd rather have another take because... I want to try to feel it. I want yeah. to try to be in it. I want yeah. to try to be present. Yeah. So for me, I just, I I commit it to such a strong sense of memory that when I get on set, I can truly try to play and try to achieve that quote-unquote being in the moment thing. Yeah, know? yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, but you but you strive for that. But do you remember the, the first uh, performance that you did uh, in, at college that, that you got that, uh, you know, that kind of audience reaction and you got that buzz where you said, okay, I like this. I really, really like this. I don't remember the first, but I remember the strongest was okay. when I played uh, Tom in the Glass Menagerie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And we had a beautiful theater there at that college. I mean, it was a gorgeous theater. Uh, believe me, my first 15 plays in New York City, the theaters were not as nice as the ones <laughs> that, that I had in yeah. college. We, yeah. had a, we had a really beautiful auditorium. Um, uh, and, and so that was, uh, you know, that it was special there. And, uh, and we really worked, I worked extremely hard on that role. And I just remember feeling 
a sense of pride when my mom and dad came and this was after I had changed it from my minor to my major. Right. I, I was trying to I was trying to get a double major, but I knew this is what I was going to do. So I try. I, I I said, "You guys, I I want you to come see this play. I've been working really hard on it." And my mom and dad drove from Atlanta, and for the rest of my life, I'll never forget this. You know, after the show, uh, you know, very very touching moment at the end of the play. And I remember mom and dad came up to the stage, and I walked out, and, and they both had tears in their eyes, oh. and they were like we're behind you 1000%, wow. you know, and, and, wow. and we believe in you. And this, if this is what you want to do, then you go for it and you yeah. set your goals and, and you go for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, mm. they didn't have a lot of money. They weren't saying we're behind you with a, right. with a wallet, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're behind you, you know, and that, wow. that's, it's also, I think for an actor, the most important thing, you know, because my, you know, my wife has that, Thing with me now and has had it with me for 20 years my parents still do and my brother and sisters they all were you know I was seven years of pounding the pavement here in New York City before I made a living and yeah. they never doubt they never doubted wow. it. they never gave up they never said yeah. are you sure you don't want to consider yeah you know yeah they never they just kept believing wow. and and that allowed me to keep believing yeah. and be naive. <laughs> well, you know, I, I tell you, I, I, I get chills hearing that because uh, when you have you, when you have that support, whether it's a, a parent um, or whether it's a mentor that says, no, you know, keep following that passion, keep pushing through this, you've got something, uh, it, it, it's real easy to look at the paycheck and go, well, but do I really? You know, but, but when, you've got that encur- <laughs> when you've got that encouragement, it really does make all the difference in the world, even at times when you may be struggling with it. It, it does. And, and I try now, you know, these, these days now that I've had some success, I, I do, you know, there's a couple young kids who I, I mentor. Um, yeah. And they're, you know, I say kids, they're in their 20s and they're, they're going for it. And, um, you know, I give them every bit of advice that I can. You know, all the stuff that it took me 20 years to learn. Right. Uh, 30, 30 years to learn, um, you know, I can give them little things that I learned 10 years beyond what age they are now. Right, and right. I can give them those, those little nuggets of information or those little just helpful tips, you know. It's a, you got to pay it forward. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you feel like that's part of what we should be doing is is passing on that knowledge, that wisdom to others so maybe they don't have quite as uh, as tough a time um, making yep. it in whatever they pursue, whatever they decide to pursue. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I, I think it was—I forget who said it to Kevin Spacey back in the day, but I, his whole thing was send the elevator back down. Yeah, I uh, love that. And it, and it, and it's just a beautiful saying. It that, is that you know you if and and for me I'm sending it from somewhere around the middle uh, but, <laughs> but, but I'll, send it, I'll send it back down <laughs> exactly exactly well, you you talked about kind of the, those 7 years when you were you were struggling but you had that support going yeah you can do this you can do this at what point did did that time happen where you said okay this may be a, a role that's going to change uh, opportunities for me. I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's funny that you use the word change because it's uh, it probably was changeling. Um, really, really. That film with with Clint Eastwood was yeah. the real. You know, there's so many milestones in your career. There's so many different things. You know, you could, I could go back to the first time I was a series regular, or the first time that 
you know, or, or the first movie I ever booked, or Milos Forman, or whatever. But I, I really feel like when I did that film with Angelina and, and Clint Eastwood, yeah. um, when he put that faith in me to to hold down a, a big role um, in a big movie opposite yeah. her, uh, that and and the words that Clint and Angelina said about me publicly um, just prior to the release. That enabled me to uh, get on the Variety 10 to watch that year. Right. And it just sort of changed the business perception of me, uh, I think, in, in a way that was that much to my benefit. I mean, obviously, House of Cards was a complete game changer right. for me. Right, right, right. Um, but I feel like that moment in time, yeah. um, working with them and, and, and achieving those, those goals, yeah. that was... Uh, that was game changing. Well, that, that film that was two thousand eight, I think, is the time frame for that. And uh, if I remember, that was a Ron Howard and Grazer produced piece, along with Eastwood yep. and Malkovich uh, in that as well. So you know, talk about a a great pool of, of talent to be connected with. Tom, I think Tom Stern did the cinematography on that, but just um, you know, an amazing film. And so you know, within this past decade, you talk about man, these past few years have been nuts for you in a good way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think you know. So oh, House of Cards. Yeah. yeah, those those years, especially you know, after the first and the second season had premiered, I'd, I'd been fortunate enough to do a job every off season uh, of the show. But I think it was after the first and the second season that I started to uh, get offers um, for the first time. You know, legitimate offers to do real jobs. And, right. Right. Um, you know, Taboo was an offer, uh, Secret in Their Eyes, you know, was, hey, this director really wants to get on, the writer-director really wants to get on the phone with you, he's a big fan of House of Cards, and <clears throat> he's considering you for this role, and I remember I was having that conversation with him, and he said, um, he said, uh, he said, you know, I, I was writing this film, and I just, every time I, I wrote about the Seifert character and wrote his lines. I just kept picturing you saying them, and I said, "Well, I sure would love to say them." <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. That sounds cool to me, man. <laughs> um, and so those, you know, House of Cards has has presented me with um, endless opportunities since since then, since since the success of the show, and you know, even all the way up to this off season with right. Jack Ryan. Yeah, and yeah, it's just it's been this. I, I'm so grateful. You know, I I always say that, that Doug Samper was the greatest gift you, you could be given as an actor and, and I mean that in so many ways not only is he this incredibly complex character to play for an actor but also one of the most well written characters yes. that enables an actor to to shine in a in a bizarre way yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and and from that uh, led to all those other jobs so it truly you know, I'm forever grateful to Samper. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a there's a certain vulnerability that you show as an actor, and let's talk about your approach to acting as it relates to being vulnerable. Well, <clears throat> the interesting thing is, I mean, I am a vulnerable person. I am a very emotional person. I am someone who is me personally. I'm always, you know, if you're around me, you know how I feel. It's I, I don't hide things, and I'm very open in, in life. Um, and I remember. When I, <clears throat> in my early years in New York, I went to, um, my aunt encouraged me to go to the actor's studio. This is the, the real house, not, not the new school that you see on TV, but the actual house that lent the professors to that place. And <clears throat> Arthur Penn was um, someone who I greatly admired there and worked with 
uh, many, many years uh, with that man. And I remember him saying to me, you know, always bring as much of yourself to the character as you can to ground that character in, in a sense of reality. So although Doug Stamper does and behaves in such a way and does all these crazy things, um, inside I wanted the man to have a good heart and I wanted him to, to you know, he's having to hide all these emotions that he actually has. He feels, and, but he just buries everything. Um, and I also thought it would be more interesting, you know, because Bo Willman said to me in the beginning, he said, I don't want you to show any emotion for the entire first season, just don't emote. Right. And I want everyone, and I want everyone at the end of the first season to say, what the fuck was that guy? <laughs> and I said, okay. And, you know, from that came his, his walk and his talk, the yeah. way he speaks, you know, very low and, yeah. um, and guarded, you know, yes. everything is... But I wanted him to be a very real person with real emotions underneath. But they're it, they're there. He just doesn't know how to. He doesn't allow himself to express himself. Um, I wanted there to be a reason why he didn't emote, you know, and uh, and so it, it became this very internalized thing. And you know, in the beginning, you didn't hear Doug say a lot, but I knew <clears throat> I knew well enough that my homework had to be how I felt about every person in that room, how I felt about what was being discussed. Right. A lot of times it would be Frank having the discussion and me saying, sir, such and such is here to see you, <clears throat> and then I'm privy to the conversation. Right. So right. all my homework, you know, in the early years wasn't a lot of memorizing as it was, even in the latter years, you know, as, as much as it was just figuring out what that scene was about, figuring out how Stamper felt about what was happening. Um, and trying to express yourself without saying a word sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I think that's what can make an, uh, a, a character who could have, you know, been the guy in the shadows. Right. Uh, he all of a sudden is like, oh, what? oh I see what's going on. You know, you, <laughs> you try to yes. figure out what he's thinking. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, and I always had so much fun doing it, you know, and Kevin was always very encouraging and certainly Robin and... yeah. Rachel Brosnahan, uh, yes. the two of us worked together like, you know, I mean, that, that was just a, a, a relationship, actor relationship yeah. that, that I'll, never, I'll never forget. Yeah, well, the, the, the character arc that we see with Stamper from, you know, from season one until the final, it's pretty amazing, especially when you look at the last two seasons of just the roller coaster of what your character is experiencing and what he went through and how he reacts to those around him. And I think, you know, good actors like yourself are able to, to really sell that reaction aspect of it. And I think in many ways, acting is reacting to your situations well, yeah. and to those others around you. It's, it's such, it, it's, it's a great uh, perception. It's exactly what it is because, yeah. you know, and that, and that goes back to, I remember Chuck Wetzel in college. Uh, I, I don't remember what play it was, but he said, do you know why, he, he took me backstage after the auditions, and he said, you're going to play such and such. And I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. And, and, and he said, do you know why you got the role? And I said, no. And he's like, because you were the only one who listened. Wow. Yeah. Uh, to w- what the other actor was saying. Yes. And I, I just remember, <laughs> you know, I guess it was something in my early years that I just, that's, that was just something that I, I you know, I did. And yeah. not everyone does that. And, yeah. But it makes it far more interesting when you do yeah yeah well (laughs) well i gotta say as as someone watching you perform it's obvious 
it, it you, you sell it because it feels real it feels authentic and i think that's you can tell with actors if there's some authenticity there and you've got the authenticity and so you know going back to your college days when you were you know discovering this and and others saw that talent in you just to let you know it's paid off man it really has I, i've enjoyed watching you and continue to look forward to what's next and uh, i appreciate you uh, michael taking the Thank time you. to be with us today man i really do Oh, I really appreciate it, man. It was a really lovely chat. Well, I, I, I think about when you were talking about college, talking about psychology and philosophy and all those other you know, courses you took, I think they all paid off in House of Cards because you had to use a little bit of all of that <laughs> in yeah. House of Cards, man. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt, certainly psychology and political science. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, well, Michael, I, w- I always want to give uh, give our uh, guest a, 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 a kind of a parting shot, a chance to to say anything else they'd like to to our listeners, to potential actors, or or those that want to pursue some type of filmmaking or the arts. This is your chance to share some final thoughts. You know, it goes back to what. Uh my mom has said to me my entire life, I mean, both my mom and dad, but, but it was always my mom who was truly, they were both very encouraging, but my mother said, write down your goals. Write them down, visualize them, and just pursue them relentlessly. You know, and I, I saw a film last night, I don't know if you've seen this film, uh, Free Solo. Yes, um, yes, yes, and yes. And it was just, it was a reminder that you know, you don't see him physically write down those goals, but you know that in his mind, this young man, Alex, he visualized climbing that mountain without a rope. Right. And he did it for eight years. Yeah. And for two-plus years, he really applied himself to do it. The whole time he was doing it, obviously doing the work to get there. But then for two full years, he dedicated his life to summiting um, El Capitan without a rope. First right. person to ever do it. And it was just a reminder to me that, you know, if you write your goals down or if you visualize your goals and you pursue them with everything that you have in you, that nothing is unachievable. Yes. Um, you can do anything. We are capable of so much more than we're aware of. Um, so I, that's, that's my... I guess that's my parting show. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Michael Kelly, uh, our guest today, right here on WGWG, C19 TV, Meet Me at the Movies, Cinema Scene, and Televenture. Uh, Michael is a, a longtime actor, and for those uh, watching any kind of great TV in the past few years, you've seen him, and uh, Emmy-nominated for uh, three times, I believe, you were Emmy-nominated for House of Cards for the role of Douglas Stamper. Just want to thank you so much again for spending your time uh, talking with us, taking the time out of your day to spend with us. Uh, Michael, thank you, and uh, have a great one, buddy. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time, sir. Till next time, this is Noel Manning for WGWG and C19 TV. That's a wrap.